whatever you use to share the scriptures. Will you stand with me for the reading of the word of God? Exodus chapter 14. We will begin in verse 21. I welcome you to Christ Center Church. I appreciate you being here this morning to worship with us. I pray that you will receive what you intended to receive from the Lord. Whatever we can do in this church to help you and assist you in your relationship with the Almighty God, feel free to ask us. We want to help. We want to support in every way we can to help you get closer to Jesus. Exodus chapter 14, verse 21 says, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all the night and made the sea dry land and the water were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of of the sea upon the dry ground and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked upon the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud, and troubled the host of the Egyptians, and took off their chariot wheels, that they drove them heavily. So the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptian. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its strength when the morning appeared, and the Egyptian fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptian in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked up on dry land in the midst of the sea and the waters were, wall- were walled unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. One more text, Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3 verse 17 says, And the priests that bare the ark of the covenant of the Lord, stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over Jordan, passed over on dry ground, until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. I want to minister to you on this topic. The crossover people. You may be seated. The crossover people. We read two texts that described Israel crossing over. And so we can conclude that Israel crossed over the Red Sea and we can conclude that they crossed over the Jordan River. And so we see 
how God defended them. I don't know about you this morning, but but I want to serve the Lord because God has shown us many times how much he loves us and how much he will fight for us. My God, the enemies came after the Israelites and, and God was right on their tail. He was, he, he watched the whole situation. He watched everything that was going on and they could have, they, they, they just could have been swallowed up. It's, it was over 3,000, 300,000 horsemen with the chariots that came after the Israelites. And not one of them lived. Not one. God is not afraid of your enemy. None of your enemy can ever destroy you if God is for you. But you got to know God is for you. I got to say this today that I believe that if we can stop just being intellectual in church and begin to just believe God and just trust God. When you believe something, you just don't hear it in your mind and says, okay, when you believe something, there's action that go behind it. And we need to get to a place where we stop being intellectual and say, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's true. And start saying, I believe it. So watch what I do because I believe it. We need to start believing God. We need to start believing this word. We need to start practicing this word because this word is true. This word, it works. If God said it, it don't mean you got to believe it. It means if God said it, that's what it is. We just got to get on board and be smart and say, I believe it. Therefore, will I do something about it? Amen. He says, if God said it and I believe it, you better leave that part out. If God said it, it's done. It's just up to you to believe now. Whether you believe or not, God said it, and that's just the way it is. And God defended his people and destroyed every one of the Egyptians. Listen to me carefully today. In Scripture, as many of, as many of us know in Scripture, the original people of God are called Hebrew. The original people of God is called Hebrew. From the very beginning, God has always made sure his people were set aside. They were different. So whether it was name, whether it was the way they, 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 they lived their life, they were always separated. God never allowed his people to be like everybody else. Oh, I only got three amens. Why? We think we got to be like everybody. God never allowed his people that belong to him to be like everybody else. He's always been that way. Do you share your stuff with everybody and do you want your stuff to look like everybody else? Okay, well, God don't play that either. And so the people of God, the very first people of God were called Hebrews. Don't make it seem like God cared about them and didn't care about you. They received their name because they were set aside. And whatever God set aside, it must be known that it belongs to God. So God has to put a name on whatever he sets aside. The root word for Hebrew is avar. Which means to cross over. The more I read this Bible, I just want to scream. The more I start to learn about God, I just want to shout and run like I'm just a mad, crazy person. Because God does nothing, nothing just by happenstance. He does nothing just by, oh, by the way, that's us. Everything God does is specific and it has meaning. 
Before the Hebrews cross over, God named them the people that are the crossover. They had no idea what that was all about. They, they didn't know anything. But God knew what was ahead of them, so he called them Hebrew. Crossover. The Hebrews are those who crossed over. In order to leave the land of Egypt, they crossed over. They crossed over the Red Sea. In order to enter the promised land that God promised them, they have to cross over the River Jordan. God knew this was in front of them way before they knew it, so he called them Hebrews, the people that cross over. Mm-hmm. 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 Not only that they cross over the Jordan, but they also left one land to go to another land. <laughs> you following me? They also left one life to start a new life. <laughs> so God called his first people that was set aside for him Hebrews because they continued to cross over. They left Egypt, which is sinful world. They left Egypt and they crossed over the Red Sea. They left and crossed over Jordan. They left one life and started a new life. I wonder if we're taking that all in. We who are followers of Jesus Christ, Christians, anybody a Christian in here? Anybody a follower of Jesus Christ? We who are followers of Jesus Christ, Christians, are spiritual Hebrews. I'm going somewhere. We're not under the law as the Hebrews were in the Old Testament. We are under the dispensation of grace and are led by the Spirit with the Word of God being our authority. Therefore, the crossover concept relates to us similarly as it relates to the Hebrew people in the Old Testament. Listen to this carefully. You might want to tweet this, Facebook this, write this down, put it on your refrigerator. Listen to this. God do not change, but some of his methods does. But his concepts remains the same. Let me say it again. God do not change. Some of his methods does. But his concepts remain the same. That's how you study God. He can't change. He can't be different than who he is. He says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God can never change. Who he is is who he's going to be for all eternity. He can't change. So to try to get God to be something different than what he is, that's impossible. So that stays. God can't change. His methods do change. However, in the changing of those methods... The concept is always, always, always the same. That's powerful. You might not get it yet. 
And you probably get it later on and say, whoa. He can't change. But throughout scripture, what you will see is some methods are changing. Some different methods are being applied, but with the same concept from the very beginning. Can I just show you one real quick? The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the lamb which was slain for our sin. Back in the Old Testament, when they sacrificed a lamb, that was their sacrifice. That was for sin offering, a regular animal. They killed an animal, shed his blood. That was a sin offering. When Jesus Christ came on the scene, he called himself the Lamb of God. But he was a man. So animal over here was being used to take away sins. But blood animal, the blood of the animal. We fast forward to Jesus Christ, and now he's still taking away sins, but now it's his blood. He didn't change the concept, but the method changed. Oh, God, help us, Jesus. He never changed who he is. His methods change, but the concepts will remain the same, because the, from the very beginning, it's only been one thing that God is after, relationship with us. How can, how can the concept ever change when all he ever wants is relationship with you and me and this entire generation that he is responsible for? So he can't change really the concept. The concept will always be the same. Relationship with my people, saving my people, delivering my people. That's the concept. But he uses different methods and he's still God. Today, to be saved and escape the terror that awaits this depraved world, we must cross over. We have to pass through barriers. We have to leave one land to go to another. We have to leave one life to go to the new life. Oh, come on somebody and help me this morning. We are the spiritual Hebrews, which means we are the crossover people as well. It ain't just the Jews that were the crossover people, but today the children of God who follow Jesus Christ, we're also a crossover people because the Hebrew people represents the physical and natural church. But we, the Christians that follow Jesus, is a spiritual church. The Jews took a lot of flack and still take a lot of flack for a long time. They've always had people that come against them. People was always prejudiced against the Hebrew people. And we look at it in the natural all the time. But the saddest thing about it is it's all because of who they are in relation to God. That's all it's about. People want to make it about land. They want to make it about all this stuff. No. This world that has gone against the Hebrew people has always gone against them. And they probably don't even know why. But it's always been about their relationship with God. Who they are in relation to God. But you know what I respect them for? They keep maintaining who they are. They don't give up their identity because the world is persecuting them. 
They don't give up their identity because the world is trying to talk against them. They don't give up their identity for no reason. And I'm here to tell you today, if they can be a natural and a physical entity of God, and we are the spiritual entity, why are we worried about our identity in this world? We need to say, come hell or high water. It doesn't matter what nobody think about me. I am identified by who I am in Christ. And whoever don't like it, that's too bad. Because my God is the almighty God. He is the one that gave me life. He is the one that has established me. He is the one that's leading me. And guess what? If I keep going, I'm going to spend eternity with him. So today, I want you to know and you should embrace that it doesn't matter what people want to think about you. Just know that you are identified by who you are in Christ Jesus. And people won't like that. But too bad. I'm going to heaven. I want to be blessed. I want to live right. Too bad. We got to get over this thing. We have to get over this thing of trying to fit in. The Hebrew people, listen, I never forgot when I went to Israel. I haven't talked about that in a while, right? So let me talk about today. I never forgot when I went to Israel. On my way, coming back, we flew on El Al, which is the Israeli airline. So it was two-thirds of the people on there was Jews. And most of them was men, and they had on their old outfit. And I started talking to one of the guys. I started telling him, yeah, you know, we came on a mission strip and blah, 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 blah. And he was talking to me. And the first thing I tried to tell him, we only believe in one God. He looked over. Really? So yeah, one God. Same God that Abraham believed in. He looked over again. Then I says, start telling him about how we dress, how we look. He looked over. He said, you're like us, huh? I just smiled. Because they don't care what anybody think of them. They walk in Times Square. They walk wherever they go in their garb. And they can care less what anybody else think. They know who they are. They know they've been identified by God. They know they're a people of God. And they're not trying to impress anybody. So we, as the spiritual Jews, spiritual Hebrews, why are we worried about what we look like? Why are we worried about how we talk? Why are we worried about how we live? We've been chosen. We've been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ and we are his people his children and God has established us and if our enemies come against us he will destroy them he is our protector he is our keeper he is our deliverer he is our sustainer why wouldn't I want to be with him why wouldn't I want to do everything for him why wouldn't I want to be set aside for him why wouldn't I want to look the way he wants me to look when he's my everything He's everything. He's everything. I don't have to worry about anything because he's got me. He's got you. There's nothing to worry about. And so if I got to take a little bit of skeptical looking, I'm okay with that. What's up with her? As long as it's for Jesus, it's okay. If they want to know what's up with you, as long as whatever they're questioning is because you're trying to live for Jesus or impress Jesus, let them question. You just keep a smile on your face. Don't let the life that you're living for Christ be burdensome to you. 
Don't let the life that you're living for Christ be burdensome to you. Enjoy your life you're living for Christ. Then what awaits you and what you will receive in this journey far outweigh anything anybody can say about you. Far outweigh all the things you can think that you need that probably don't even need. Listen, you live life long enough and you will see the things that you think would make you happy. When you get them, it's not that big of a deal. Live life long enough. You may not have lived long enough to, to really realize that. Mess with some of the ladies. Man, if I can just have this nice house and this and that. And then you get the house and then you realize the heating bill is high. It's hard to clean. The brother's like, man, I ain't cutting the grass today. That's too much grass. But that's what we wanted. We got the nice house. Everything is good. Cleaning is just too much. It's expensive to keep the heat going, the air conditioning going, all that stuff. We can never make ourselves satisfied, in case you don't know that. Live long enough and you'll see. So I just realized, just, let me just be content in Christ. Let me just, just be content in the Lord because that's the only thing that I know will make me all good. Amen. Man, I'm looking forward to one day getting a new car, you know, Every once in a while I get to rent me a car, right? Since my car can't go far. So if I got to go far, I got to rent a car, right? So every once in a while I rent me a car and they got the new, um, you know, Bluetooth connection and all the nice, you know, features in the car. I'm like, man, cars are no, no joke now. They just so nice and, oh man, I mean, it just has everything. You know, they got the power, panoramic view where, you know, it's just all glass if you want that. And you can see up while you... I said, man, cars are just, woo! But I'm sure when I get one, I'm after a couple of days, all right, I got a nice car. It's cool. Because I'm just telling you the things that we think is all going to make us happy. After a while, man. And then if you really get into God, you'll realize nothing really matters. I got Jesus. And that's all that really matters. It doesn't matter what I got Jesus. I got Jesus. I can deal with whatever come my way. This is why I, I try to tell folks all the time. You really get God and you will have anything you want. <laughs> really get sold out for God and nothing that you want you won't have because he knows he can trust you with it and it won't take his place that, that's, that's what it comes down to he's saying when you get mature when you grow up in me and you make me everything then I'll give you whatever you want because it won't take my place but when I can't trust you with the things that I give you because they might take my place I can't give them to you right now uh, you don't want to hear that? That's the truth. I, I'm telling you, when God knows you're, you're sold out, just tell Him what you want. Just ask in faith. Just tell Him. Lord, I, I need a little assistance here. Oh, no problem. Because you, He knows. They won't let that get in the way. They're, they're all about me. That's just the, whatever they wanted. Because you take your child when they do right. You give them what they want. Because you know they're a good child. No matter what you give them, they're going to be good. They're going to be manageable. They're going to be respectful. They're going to do the right thing. They're going to be focused. They're going to treat you right. Treat. They're going to do right. So you give them what they want. 
And we're not as good as God, so you know God is better than us in that area. So you do what you're supposed to do, and you be a good kid, God won't take care of you. It's just that simple. So we're a crossover people. The crossover represent God giving salvation to Israel. Okay, I'll let you ponder that a little bit, trying to figure out if I'm, what I'm saying was right. Go ahead, it's okay. Delivering them from sin, their enemy, and preserving them for his will to be done in their lives. So, salvation is this. Delivering you from sin and the power of darkness and bringing you into a life of light with Christ. That's what salvation is. Think about what happened to the Hebrew people. Let's go back now. They were in sin. The land of sin. Idol worship. A lot of them started drifting away from God because they were surrounded by evil. They were doing evil with everybody else. And so they were controlled. The stronghold of evil was all around them. You had a few that was hanging on and praying, crying out, God, will you deliver us? You said you will send a deliverer. Will you deliver us from this evil place? Here's the Holy Ghost. You will only pray that prayer if you think where you are is evil. But if you think where you are is good, you will never pray that prayer. That's why maybe some of us have not yet been delivered. Because we think where we are is okay. But if you know where you are is not okay, guess what? You will not cease to pray to say, God, I don't like where I am. I need your delivering power to deliver me from out of this place where I am. Whatever I do just don't seem to be right. I can't live right. I can't walk right. I can't talk right. I can't pray right. I can't read my Bible right. I don't like where I am. Can you deliver me? But if you like where you are, you're going to stay there and keep living casually for God. That's what a lot of the Hebrew people did. But there were just a few sprinkled in that kept on praying night and day. You said you was going to send a deliverer. Lord, deliver us from this place of evil. They kept praying. And finally, God sent one from among them. Don't despise your brothers. Don't mistreat your sisters because God will use them to help lead you the way. Amen. Moses killed somebody before God actually used them. Can you imagine if you was one of them like, man, I'm not messing with Moses. How are you going to act like he's living for God when he just killed this dude and buried him under the sand? Trying to talk about he a man of God. So when Moses came back to deliver the people, you're like, that can't be God. <laughs> A lot of people going to get lost because of that. <laughs> oh, I remembered some dirt on them. So if I see them trying to act like they're Christians, that can't be God. We got to get that part together because God is not going to bring somebody from the east or from the west or from the north. No, he's going to take one from among us and anoint that one from among us to lead us to a place of righteousness. He's going to take one from among us. You know why? You will understand that the one from among you know who you are. He's not going to bring somebody from the left or from the right, north, south. No, one of us. 
So we better get used to that. That's why it's important we treat each other good. Because, listen to this, the Bible says this, and I'm not quoting it right. The Bible says, unless you receive a prophet as a prophet, you will never get a prophet blessing. So if you don't look at someone, that's why, let me just help you all out. This is not good to say, but I'm just, I, I can't help but to tell truth. So if you're in a church and you don't believe in a preacher, find another church where you believe in the preacher. That's heavy. That's heavy. That's heavy. That's heavy. That's heavy. That's heavy. But it's the truth. It, because you can never be blessed. Because you're there, you're like, what is he going to tell me? Because he ain't even right. He ain't even right. I'm going to try to preach. Yeah. And some days, God, the anointing of God is moving. He might be preaching from the Holy Ghost. But, but because you don't believe in him, you ain't, you're not receiving him. So you miss out on the prophet's blessing. Take my time, walk back behind here. Take my time, take my time and walk back. Wherever you go, make sure you believe in that man or woman of God that's ministering to you. You don't have time. And guess what? The best thing to do is if they make a mistake and you, and you know it's a mistake, you got to pray. God, don't let me judge them on that. Just get that out of my mind. Get that out of my heart. I need to see them as your man of God or as your woman of God. Because if I don't, I can't be blessed. And I don't want to see no negative things about them. Help me to see right. I ain't talking about I'm trying to pastor and living wrong. I ain't talking about that. I ain't trying to get nobody no excuse to live wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just talking about if somebody make a mistake, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know. But 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 if the person is living wrong now, nah, he ain't supposed to or she ain't supposed to be doing that. Crossover people. Look at first Corinthians chapter 10. Let me show you how God concept stays the same, but the method changes. Oh, help us, Jesus. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 says this. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Look at this. And were all what? You're telling me when they went through the sea, that was a baptism? I didn't say that. Let's look back at the word. Don't look at me. And we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So God been using that word baptized for a long time. <laughs> we go some places and people say baptism ain't that important. The method changes. Concept stays the same. You need to, you need to be baptized in order to cross over. You can't cross over if today you're not baptized. It's baptism that gets you across. Do you realize? Oh, help me, Jesus. So when they were walking through that water, God caused it to, to, to be like a, a wall on the right and a wall on the left and dry ground. Probably open up three miles wide and they just walked through. The waters were parted. And, you walk, and they walked through. Man, this is too much, Lord. So those people that believe in sprinkling and baptism can't be right. <laughs> it's just so much stuff. I got to slow my old self down. Slow down, Jesus. Slow down. Because when you got baptized in water, you got put under and you parted. The... 
God. God don't make no mistake. He is God and He changed not. He can't change. His methods change. But His concepts will always remain. And He baptized them when they walked through the water. And when you got baptized, you was put down in the water and there was separation. And you went down and you came up. You was baptized that way. Israel was baptized in the natural. And today we're baptized in the spiritual. Man, God, stop us. Stop, stop, stop. Man, when you get into God's word, you're like, man, God, you, you're no joke. I'll give you some more how you work. You've heard me say many times that God uses the physical or the natural, same kind of deal, to teach us the spiritual. Well, Acts chapter 2, verse 38 told us, And then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. So the children of Israel got baptized in Exodus chapter 14, according to the word of God, not me. In in, in Exodus chapter 14, they got baptized by going through the Red Sea. And then Peter come preach 4,000 years later, repent and be baptized. What are you talking about, Peter? We ain't, ain't no Red Sea parting for us to go through. Just do what God tells you. It's the same kind of deal. Now you go down in the water. You don't have to walk through the water because this is spiritual. Man, oh man. If we ain't baptized now, we need to know we need to get baptized. If you have not been baptized, you need to get baptized because it's not just something we do. It's something God has established from way back then. He was always working towards that. Whatever God is doing today, he started working on it from the day he created us. Just think about how Jesus came on the scene. Jesus didn't come on the scene till at over 4,000 years after man was created. But guess what? Man was created in the image of God, who is Jesus Christ. Amen. So the bottom line was, he might have came 4,000 years later, but guess what? He was here before the 4,000 years because the only way we can come and look like the way we did is because he, we, he created us in how he would look when he came. All right, let's go some more. Here's another concept about natural and spiritual. Leaving one life to go to another life. John chapter 3, verse 5 says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born of water and of spirit, He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Let me show you how the Lord is just out of control. Some of you know this already, but some of you may not have noticed. In order to cross over, we know we need to be baptized. But baptism is a process of us being born again. We are becoming a new creature. And that's what it represents. Well, having children is bringing a child into this world. And it's the same exact process as being born again. All right. Let me give you both of them first real quick. And then I'm going to finish in a second. Check this out. Natural birth. The first thing that's required for a natural birth 
Did anybody say it? What do you say? No. I taught this before. Y'all are supposed to know. What's the first thing required for a woman to be pregnant? No. No, no, no. Yes. No. No. Fertility. You can't have no kids if you're not fertile. And if you're not fertile, they got to give you stuff to make you fertile. Am I, am I okay, scientist? Yeah? Okay. All right. So you got to be fertile first. The next thing that happens now is the planting of the seed. So, yes, Sister Angela, yeah, that's the next thing. Planting of the seed is second. But you got to be fertile because the seed can be planted all day long. As you know, ladies, no fertility ain't nothing happening. So you got to be fertile. The seed got to be planted. Then what happened next? Conception. Then when it's conception, there is gestation. Baby starting to grow within the woman. Baby is breathing as the woman breathes. Baby is eating as the woman eat. Then gestation, gestation, baby going on, getting big. Then now, time to give birth. That process is called breaking through the barrier. <laughs> Y'all don't mess with Jesus, man. Jesus is out of control. Y'all don't understand this man is out of control. I'm living for Jesus. I don't know about you. I am living for Jesus. Because the dude is out of control. So breaking through the barrier is the next thing. As soon as the baby breaks through the barrier and come out of the womb, what's the first thing the baby do? But what does the baby have to do to be able to cry? Breathe. Y'all better follow Jesus here. This is natural I'm talking about. The baby has to breathe. So that's how the baby is able to cry. Then after the breath, the baby starts growing. And one day that baby get married and start reproducing. The same cycle starts over. That's natural. Now let me get a spiritual. The very first thing that's needed... For someone to really get saved. We're talking about getting saved now. We're not talking about people getting emotional and doing things. We're talking about getting saved now. The first thing that needs to happen is you need to get a revelation of who God is. Fertility, revelation, same thing. You can't be saved if you don't know who you're getting saved by. Oh, God. The second thing that needs to happen after you get a revelation, then you really start understanding and recognizing who he is. Oh. Oh. So you're telling me the God of the Old Testament is Jesus in the New Testament? Oh, okay. Recognition. Then after recognition, responding. You said, I got to do something. Now that, I, now that I know, I will do something. Which means you repent of your sins. When you repent of your sins, Jesus said, Peter, when he preached, says, Jesus says, and I will remove all of the remission, all of your sins, I will remove all of them when you repent. Then when you repent and you get baptized and he removes all your sin, you start receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Then after you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you start growing in Christ. Then after you start growing in Christ, you start winning souls. It's okay. Maybe that's just me getting it like that. Man, God is crazy. 
The natural process of having a baby come into this world is the exact same process in having somebody being born again. God don't change. The method changes, but the concept is still the same. He is reaching for us to save us, to deliver us, to protect us, to keep us, to bless us, and to prepare us for all eternity with Him. That's what He's doing. That's what it's all about. And that's what we got to know. We're a crossover people. Man. God is amazing. Listen, some of us are not as fortunate as some of us. From the standpoint is, you get some people, this is the way it should be, because Jesus showed me this is the way it should be, because of our relationship with the Lord. There are some people that get married, and they said, the longer you're married the more you fall in love. That's the way it should be. And if we're not there, we need to work at that. Because that's how it is with Jesus. The more you know him, the longer you know him, the more you understand him, the deeper you go with him, the more you're amazed, the more you want to do for him, the more you just say, ah, Lord, here I am, do whatever you want. Because he's just that good. He's just that amazing. You live for God and just don't sit back. You live for God and really serve God. You would just be like, man, God, you just come on, man. I just want to be with you. He's just that good. And here's what happened the more you live with God. See, when we're children and we can't really help ourselves, our parents do a lot to help us, right? They assist us. They do whatever they can. And when you're a new babe in Christ, Here is the pitfall you want to watch. God will treat you like a baby. So he will do a lot of things for you that you just need done because you're a baby. You don't know. So he will do things that you'll be like, man, this is the life. But then he's raising you up and he wants you to grow up. And if you decide you don't want to grow, then we got some problems. And I think that's a big area of where we need to fix as children of God. Is God, you know, as we got born again, he did so many good things that we think the, the rest of the relationship is going to be him always doing for us. We're like little babies. Yeah, whatever you want, here you go. That's not the way it is because God wants you to know him more intimately. And if he treats you like a baby all the time, you will never get to know God more intimately as you grow in God. So he allows some problems to come your way. He allows some struggles to come your way. And he stop and sit afar back and says, I'm watching. You don't worry. You just do what I have trained you to do from you as a baby. I'm back here and I'm watching. He was watching the Israelites from heaven. The Bible says he looked through the clouds. He looked through the the, the, the fire. He looked through it and saw them marching across the Red Sea. And he just stood back and said, go ahead, children. I parted the sea. Go ahead. I got you. You don't panic. You don't worry. You just keep on going because I got you. And I dare somebody to touch you. I dare somebody to mess with you. But you got to trust me and keep on going because I'm watching her fall off. That's the kind of God we serve. He's watching but we gotta trust him that he's watching. That's how he works. 
because he's raising you up. He's trying to teach you more about him. He's trying to reveal more about himself to you. He's trying to get you to get closer to him. So he allow you to walk out in front of him. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You'll be alright, you'll be alright, you'll be alright. That's what God is doing for us. And, and sometimes we feel like, oh man, I feel so lonely. I can't even feel God. Oh, you best believe. He says you're the apple. You think, you think you can be the apple and he's not watching you? You think you're going to be the apple and he can't see you? If you're the apple, he's always seeing you. Help us, Lord. We can trust God. Tell your neighbor you can trust God. Don't always seem like it's working. But his eyes is upon you. You can trust him. We must be a crossover people to receive the salvation of the Lord. If we don't cross over, we, we, can't, we, we can't receive the salvation of the Lord. The crossover people are they that know two lands. If you have crossed over, you know two lands. The one you're coming from and the one where you are now. If you're a crossover people, you know two lives. The one you used to live and the one you're living right now. If you're a crossover people, you know two realms. The darkness you used to be in and now the light that you're living in. A crossover people have advantage because we know what it used to be and we know what it is. When you cross over, you know what's going on. That's what the Bible says. Now I can see. I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. It's because I used to be there in darkness, in another land, living another life. But now I'm on this side, a different land, a different life, and I'm walking in the light. I know I can see. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. We just got to cross over. Now you know why God says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. He didn't just say it, just to be saying it. We, oh my God, what I've been telling you. Can you do this for me? And for you? Always, when you're dealing with whatever you hear preach, whatever you read, when it, when it's concerning God, always, Check the motives for what it is. Always check the motives. And you will know what to do in doing the right thing. A lot of times we don't realize that we question the things of God, but it's because it makes us uncomfortable. We question it because it's inconvenience in us. We question it because we quite don't like that. And that's understandable. We all do it. Just, just, it's, nobody's different in that area. We're all like that. But we have to come to the place and say, but God knows what's best. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And I don't want to do that. That don't feel good to me. That don't feel comfortable. But God knows best. And whatever he's telling me to do, I might as well just go ahead and do it. I can't worry about why I'm so uncomfortable with it. I can't worry about why I don't feel good about it. I don't have to feel good about what God is asking me to do. I just know, need to know if God is saying it, I need to do it. Amen. Check the motives. Why, why do we need to do that? Okay. Ask yourself that question. I've never had a problem going an extra mile for God. 
Oh, I don't have a problem going to extra mile. So when I hear, well, we need to do, what is that doing for God? Okay, let's do it. For God? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Secret. Secret. One of the things that helped me throughout my Christian walk, I never thought I did anything for anybody but God. Uh-oh. I'm not saying that I don't love you when I do something for you. I'm not saying that. I'm saying everything I do, I take it as I'm trying to please God. I'm doing it to honor God. That's how I look at everything that I do. And when I do something that's not good, I said, you just dishonored God, Wayne. Oh, I talked to myself like that. You just dishonored God. That wasn't right. Because, because I pride myself so much on I am doing this to honor God. I'm not doing it for anybody's, you know, for anybody to say anything. And when you do that, God have a way of just, when you, when you live like that, you will find yourself, I have become comfortable with being uncomfortable. You got that? Because when you start walking with God, you find yourself, you, you start doing the things that you need to do, go the extra mile, and God just honors that. You, you go extra mile for God, He honors it, right? And so when He honors it, He does things for you, and, and then other people look around and say, what you doing? Why that's happening to you? And you're just uncomfortable because everybody's looking at you like, who do you think you are? And you just want to go hide. Like, I'm not trying to be anybody. And God, I don't want to tell God, stop blessing me. But I, 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 I sometimes just feel like uncomfortable because how you get there? I've been doing this for 60 years and I'm not there. How you get there? I just want to go and hide because I don't know how I got there either. But it comes from, I don't, I, don't, I don't have time to worry about going the extra mile for God. If it has something to do with him, I'm going the extra mile. That's just how I live for God. Go the extra mile for God. All right, we're wrapping this thing up. Listen, we are the crossover people. See, I am. But Jesus is the crossover king. <laughs> he is the one who broke the ultimate barrier over death to life. Oh, God. He has the power to cross over any obstacle and break through any barrier. So while we are the crossover people, Jesus is the crossover king. And guess what? We are his children. So that make us one in the same. If he crossed over, we're going to cross over. If he went from death to life, then we're going to go from death to life. If he went from the grave to resurrection, then we will go from the grave to resurrection. If he ascended from the earth to the heavens, then we will ascend from the earth the heavens because Jesus is the crossover king we're the crossover people but he's the crossover king he was the only one that rose himself from the grave so he did the ultimate crossover from death to life there is no greater crossover than that because here's what it is we all think about death every so often and none of us have control over death. We're going to die. I don't care how old or how young. Young people die these days. 
But we all are going to die. But Jesus says, I'm going to comfort you all. Because me, the ultimate crossover king, I'm going to raise myself up from death to life. Because I want you to know how bad y'all are. Y'all belong to me. Y'all are my children. And if I'm crossing over, I'm not crossing over without you. When the children of Israel, oh God help us. When the children of Israel was walking across the Red Sea, you think they left their children? You think they left the children? Man, they took their cattle. They took everything. They left nothing. As a matter of fact, the Bible says uh, Moses told them to go borrow stuff from their neighbors. God is slick. God crazy. I, I, you, know, you know, if you ever had questions in the Bible, I got a little question about that one, God. Why, why, why I got a question? Because you told them to go borrow the stuff. You know they wasn't giving it back. How, what was that? What's up with that, Lord? Go borrow your neighbor's silver and gold and all this stuff. You know they wasn't giving it back. I got a little issue with that, Lord. But I guess I can figure it out. All the gold and the silver are mine. So the people who had them, it wasn't theirs to begin with. So go take it from them and take it with you because you go into a land that I promise you will go. I'm going to deliver you from these people. So go borrow their stuff and go kill that lamb and go put the blood over the post and get out of Egypt. And they're going to come after you. And as they come, I'm just going to let them come. Because I got a plan. Oh, he is so good. God is so good. Listen. Jesus is the crossover king. There isn't anything in front of God that he cannot take care of and move out the way. Can I tell you this? We have to stop trying to avoid the obstacles. We have to stop trying to avoid the, the, the things in front of us. We have to stop trying to avoid the barriers because once you start living for God, if it's before you, then God knows it. What do we think? God asleep or something? What do we think? God not looking at us? If it's before you, God already knows it. But God is interested in you going through it. He is not interested in you going around it. And we spend so much time in our life trying to go around and go around. And God is saying, no, I want you to go through it. I want you to pass over it. Because in the passing over, there's a lesson to be learned. There's something to be known. Go through it because I am with you. Stop worrying about your obstacles and your barriers and your situation. We, 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 we halt in our ways of going because we're worried. I don't know. What don't you know? The almighty God, the king of the crossover, is taking you through. He's not letting you go through it by yourself. He's taking you through. What are we worrying about? What is the situation that you can't believe? Oh God, what's going to happen? Are you just holding up? Are you standing back and waiting? And God is saying, what you waiting for? What you waiting for? What are you scared of? What are you nervous about? Oh, help us God. Listen, 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 listen. There's some of us that come to the edge to, 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 to cross over and we're looking at the edge like this. Man, I know I'm supposed to cross this thing. 
I know I'm supposed to cry. And you go back. And there's some of us, we go in the middle, and we're all in the middle, and we look around. Oh, Lord, is this water going to come back on me? And we stay in the middle, and we just stuck in the middle. You know that song, Stuck in the Middle? Some of us are stuck in the middle. We won't go all the way across uh, and pass over because we got in the middle and start looking around and see the world, the water is so high as a wall, and we look around. Oh, my goodness, are we going to make it through? And so you go halfway uh, trying to cross over, but you still haven't crossed over. And you got some standing by the edge saying, I need to go across, but you won't cross it because you're running the battle. But I'm here to tell you today, Jesus wants you to know you need to come off the edge and walk through that world water. You need to come off the edge and step down and begin to walk through and begin to say, God, I trust you. And begin to say, God, I know you're with me. Walk through and cross over. Listen, I'm closing here. You will never, your faith will grow when you cross over. You got a little bit of faith now, but you will have great faith when you cross over. Because I'm sure the children of Israel, when they walk through and the wall of water, because that's what it is. We look at walls. Well, that wall over there was water. So it was like a fish tank all bubbling up, but it's just a wall and it won't come over on them. And so there's a wall of water and a wall of water. You think about this. They had to walk through that. You know how many miles it was to go through? How many miles wide? At some point in time, it had to be scary. It says, what if? What if when I get down to this thing, this the sea closed up? I'm done. And that's what we do sometimes. I want to give my life to God, but what about this? I want to live for God, but what if this happened? I want to go there, but but what if I fail? And God is saying, it's going to take a little bit of trust in me. It's going to take a little bit of courage. And if you walk through there and you make it through, then you will have confidence. Then your faith will increase and you will know I am God. Man, God, help us. And so they crossed through. And they went through. And they walked through. It probably took four, five hours for them to go through. Remember, probably about two million people or more. Wide open. They walked on dry land. They went through. But it took courage to go through. It takes courage to trust God. But if you will trust him, there's so much that, that, that you will glean. There's so much that you will learn when you, when, when you do, when you trust God. There's so much that you will learn. Listen, the Lord will fight our battles if we will just allow him. We, 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 we're taking on responsibilities as the children that the parent, the parent, the parent should, that's only his responsibility. And sometimes we're trying to take his responsibility, but he is the parent. He will take care of his part. What we gotta do as children is do our part. And what children do? Obey. Here is where we're going to close at today. The Lord is the king of the crossover. And some of us, 
been struggling with the same enemy, the same situation, the same challenges. But you will never really defeat those challenges. Not you anyway, but God will never allow you to defeat those challenges until you just trust them and cross over. The Israelites, the Hebrew people, didn't see their enemies until they cross over. But they knew their enemy was coming strong and hard. Your enemy will always come strong and hard when you are deliberating whether you should cross over or whether you stuck in the middle of crossing over. Your enemy will be on your tail. And you don't realize what's been happening. Just like God allowed the cloud and, and the fire to hold back the, 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 the Egyptians when they were coming. He was holding up time for his people to go through. God's been holding up some time for you to go through. God's been holding it up and saying, hold on, my kids got to go through. Hold on, my children got to cross over. Hold on, God will hold stuff up for you. And so you don't even have to worry about, can I trust him to go over? He's been holding stuff up for you. But it's time that you take that step of faith, that courage, and walk through because he's been holding stuff up for you. And, and, and I don't know this. Maybe some old timer will tell the stories because this is not in the Bible. Well, I probably can take a leap of faith and say this. There were some people that was Hebrew that got into relationships with some Egyptians. Uh huh. Yeah. And who knows if they were part of Pharaoh's army. And so when, when the Lord allowed Pharaoh's army to start going through and then he closed up the water, who knows who was in that water too? Because they kept, they got attached to the enemy and couldn't free themselves from the enemy. And because they couldn't free themselves from the enemy, they end up getting destroyed just like the enemy got destroyed. I, I don't think I'm take, I don't think I'm 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 too far from that because I'm sure when the rapture come there are people that had been born again living for God that probably won't make the rapture because somehow the things that they desire their passions for this world and the things that they have embraced that is not of God caused them to hold on tight to this world here and so when the rapture come they weren't in the right place and they weren't able to get raptured out of here so I'm sure there was some people that was Hebrew that stayed with the Egyptian that became a part of Pharaoh army that got eaten up and swallowed up in that water because they're worrying about all the stuff that they worry about the Lord will do what he said he's going to do the Lord will do what he said he will do we have to trust Him. If we want to experience His power, we have to trust Him. I'm closing with this. Listen. There must be a story for you to experience the glory. There must be a story for you to experience the glory. And if you stay on that brink, you have no story. 
If, 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 if you stay in the middle, you have no story. But if you will walk through and get on the other side, you've got a story. You're going to know the story of my enemy chasing me. You're going to know the story of, yeah, I was a little uncomfortable and it seemed a little fearful when I was going across. But I kept on putting my mind on Jesus and I kept on going. And I finally made it to the other side and I looked back. And when I looked back and I saw all the chariots with the wheels off and all the Egyptians and Pharaoh, they just floating as dead people. I made it on the other side. I got a story. And that's how I will experience the glory. You can't experience the glory without a story. And the Israelite experienced a story. And they were, be, were able to be brought in the glory of God. This is why we come to church. And we got to rejoice in God like we haven't done in a long time. Folks, whatever way you can, everybody's different. But in whatever way you can, you need to rejoice in the Lord every time you come. If it's just to say, I crossed over. If it's just to say, God, I thank you because I crossed over and my future is bright and you have brought me through and you will see to it that I'm blessed. I crossed over, Lord. We need to rejoice about crossing over. Sometimes we allow the cares of life to choke out just where God has brought us from. What God has done in our life. And we let the cares of life just, just, just weigh on us. And we start looking at the things that, that, that seems to weigh on us instead of saying, man, I crossed over. Are you kidding me? God brought me through. His hand was upon me. And now that I've crossed over, I just need to rejoice. Yes, there's going to be some things that I might have to deal with on the other side. But I'm on the other side. And there's nothing like being on the Lord's side. While I was in Egypt, God wasn't on my side. God was not trying to do nothing with us all in Egypt. He saw us there. He heard our cry and our wailing. But we still got to do something. Hope you didn't miss that part. The children of Israel had to walk through. And today, us, the spiritual Hebrews, we still have to do something. We can never think that living for God, we don't have to do anything. We have to do something. We can't come to church and just rest in good word. We have to take this word and begin to live it out. We have to take this word and begin to experience it. I need to experience whether it's true or not. Now, I know it's true, but I'm not interested. Listen, I love you, and I'm glad for your testimony. But I need to get my own testimony, too. We all need to have our own testimony so we can talk to each other about our testimony. So Because testi testifying about the goodness of God, that's us bragging on God. And so you got your testimony, won't you say it out loud? And I got mine, I'll say it out loud. But let's all get our testimony so we can brag on God. Because that's what we need to do when we make it on the other side. I'm reminded of all the lepers that went to get cured. 
And when they got cured, ten lepers, all ten of them got cured. And when they got cured, they left. But one came back. And Jesus says, what happened to the other nine? That tells me something there. I'm always looking. That tells me something. We need to be grateful. We need to be appreciative. I'm sure God didn't heal them for, for them to appreciate him. But it's, it's a principle that he's teaching us for us. For us. That we need to be appreciative. We, we, we need to be thankful for what, what good things is done for us. We need to be thankful. We need to be appreciative. And so... We need to be thankful and appreciative when we come to church for all what God has done. If you can't think of nothing that recently happened, if you can't think of nothing that is getting you excited, just think about you repented of your sins. You got baptized in Jesus' name. You got filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You are heaven bound. God's hand is upon you. You are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will prosper. That's something to rejoice about. No matter who comes at you, God says, I'll take care of your enemies. This is why, listen, God is no respect of persons. God goes so deep that your flesh and blood, if they become your enemy, God will straighten them out. Your flesh and blood, your sibling that you grew up with. If they mess with you, they got to deal with God. Oh, yes, Lord. I've lived that one. I, I'll tell my siblings in a second. If I make you mad, just come talk to me. Don't, 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 don't be my enemy. Because God don't play. He does that for all of us that live for him. All of us that's his child. He will fight our battles. And anybody come against us, he coming against them. So we got a great big God that loves us dearly. He calls us the crossover people. And he's the king of the crossover people. And we need to today understand if we haven't crossed over yet, if we at the edge or we in the middle, we need to walk through. We need to cross over. Will you stand today? God has showed himself great among us. We shouldn't be hesitant or we shouldn't be procrastinating about this life that we need to live for Christ. We shouldn't live this life like we're miserable. We ought to embrace this life because there's no better life than this. There's no better life than living for Christ. And you may think that you're stuck where you are feeling like, oh, nothing interesting has happened in a good while. Well, won't you do something to let something interesting happen? God always wants interesting things to happen. You know why God wants to always have interesting things happen? Because he wants to get people's attention. And when you can experience the power of God and you tell somebody, that means God get an opportunity to help somebody. They're hanging on. They're holding on. They're saying, if God did that for you, he can do it for me. Will you take a, just a few minutes before we dismiss our service today and talk to the Lord? 
get your get, get, get your mind in a place where all the obstacles and the barriers that you think is before you, that you feel like is preventing you, why don't you today take authority over those obstacles? Why don't you today take authority over those barriers and, and, and let God take you through where you got to go through? Oh, it's not always about the baptism. For if you've been baptized and you went to the other side, now there is life that must be lived. We talk about it. There's life. We must grow. We must reproduce. There's life that needs to be lived. Now will you ask God to help you to live that life with confidence, with boldness, with courage. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, help us today. God, I pray that each and every one of these people, the apple of your eye, these people that you love so dearly, these people that you died for, Lord God, these people that your eyes are upon them, these people, Lord God, that you want to spend all eternity with, will you bring them to a place in you where something will click today, where something will just change miraculously within them today, where God, they will get on fire for you because they are meditating on your goodness and what you have done for them and their future, how bright it is. I pray in the name of Jesus that they will, oh God, be touched miraculously by you and that God there will be a different air, a different confidence, a different boldness a different authority that they will live their life by a different joy that they will live their life by a different peace that they will live their life by there is something Lord God that you have in store for us and I pray that we will know it, we will embrace it. Come on, somebody, talk to the Lord just for a moment. Come on, somebody, you heard something from the Lord today. Now will you bring it before Him and ask Him to help you? Will you bring it before Him and ask Him to empower you, to equip you, and to move upon you? If you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you know He promised you, and God wants to pour out His Spirit upon you that you will receive His Spirit. Oh, God! today will you Lord God pour out of your spirit oh God today will you allow us to walk in that newness of life Lord God and not hold on to that old life and not revert back to that old life but walk in faith walk almighty God according to the purpose and the will of God oh God today I pray strength upon your people I pray strength upon your people. I pray the Holy Ghost, oh God, will have the reign and have the influence and have the authority in our life. In the name of Jesus Christ today, Lord God, I pray that you, Lord Jesus, will do a new thing in us individually, in us collectively, Lord God. Lord, I pray that we will have a love for this doctrine. We will have a love for you. We will have a love for the church of the living God. We will have a love for people like we've never had. We will walk by faith like we've never walked by faith. We will stand on your promises like we've never stood on your promises.